Did anyone miss us? We've been on a little no. hiatus for the summer. Still manifesting, failing miserably. Yeah. I gotta actively manifest a little more. Like, I forgot about it for a month. Me too. You know? Well, I tweet okay. at him every now and then. Do you? Well, today I said... Because <laughs> we, we had a special guest that we just interviewed. You guys, it was oh. awesome. Um, but I tweeted that uh, Carson was coming on the pod, and then I wrote, just kidding, because he's in New York doing the Today Show. But it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Um, You know, we just, we have one season under our belt. You you know, we're getting there. No, this is fair. Like our, uh, we know the girls who did the Hamill cast, and you know, I feel like the Carson Daly equivalent would be... Lin-Manuel Miranda. So that's who they want. And he just recently, I think, tweeted at them and was like, I see you, Hamill cast. Yeah. Because those girls, they... That's exciting. They interview, you know, all the cast members. Mm -hmm. All Hamilton people. So it just takes time. And we're interviewing the voice people. The cast, right. Right. The people. So we're on our way. Thank you. So we had a very special guest on the pod. Um... And we want to give a shout out to uh, one of our Twitter followers that guessed who it was because we put a put a little quiz out, little uh, little game little out tweet. there, little tweet saying, you know, here are three clues. If you guess it right, we'll give you a little shout out. So um, the three clues were season nine, top ten, Team Blake, mm-hmm. and the one person that guessed correctly was. At that crazy girl with two L's. Woo! Congrats, that crazy girl. You got it right. Because we just interviewed Barrett Baber. Yes! Barrett. Finalist on season nine of The Voice. And it was such an inspiring conversation. You guys are going to love it. Please follow him. Uh, he's he's going to be touring around, so check out BarrettBaber.com and, and get that info. He also has a new album out called A Room Full of Fighters, and we talked to him about you know his writing process and going on tour and what happened right after The Voice, mm-hmm. you know, like right after he got off stage. That was my favorite that thing. Was, that was so funny. Because, um, see, this guy has such good work ethic, and he's so talented, but it's clear when you listen that it's about music and it's about being able to perform for people and it's not about fame and all the extra stuff that goes with it he clearly just loves what he does yeah. and works really hard to do it yeah so um this is our uh, little kickoff episode to start our new season because we have a new season of the voice coming up Woo! Oh, we gotta like start preparing gotta, ourselves because this is a lot you guys two <sighs> two episodes a week yeah, we I gotta mean, meet on yeah, Tuesday night. We gotta, again. yep, we gotta start all up again. <laughs> we got a new coach. Yes, Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. Um, and so we're gearing up, but this is this is a such a great great episode. So we hope you enjoy. Please tell all of your friends. Um, yes, retweet you know, us. Yeah, like us on Twitter, Facebook. We're we're gonna get an Instagram soon. We're gonna get I an think Instagram. That's, yeah, it's season two. It's, we gotta get our Instagram. Yeah, we gotta get that up there. So you can follow us on Twitter at the Unvoice Pod, and then just look for us on Facebook at the Unofficial Voice Podcast. Um, but yeah, so enjoy this episode with Barrett. And we'll see y'all in a couple weeks. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest on the pod. He uh, was a finalist on season nine of The Voice, and he just released a new album, which I can't wait to talk about, called A Room Full of Fighters. Everyone, Mr. Barrett Baber! Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Um, so, yeah, this is, like, really exciting for us. We just went back and looked at the uh, the lineup of the top ten from your season, uh-huh. 2015. Uh-huh. Because it, like, goes, all these seasons go by so fast. Yeah, it's the, it's the one, the one downside to the voice is that they, man, they got it figured out. They got it, they got it figured out how to replicate those seasons over and over again and just pump them out you yeah. know, to a year and so you, you get you, you kind of have this moment in time and then and then you have like a the clock begins to tick and it's like you better you better get your ass to work wow um, yeah because people people you know just fall in love with other people right you know, later on, on and next thing you know you're kind of out there on your own so i was fortunate enough to to know that and kind of recognize that, and it's been it's been a heck of a run the last couple of years. Yeah, tell us tell us what happened. Like after you left that stage, uh-huh. like what 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 happened? What? Well, I immediately smoked a cigarette because <laughs> <laughs> you probably no, couldn't I'm do that kidding, through the season, I, right? I, I I actually I went out, walked out, and I, they make you like. You guys want like the actual like exactly what happened right after the like? Oh really, well, yeah, why not? We well, like we like sure. all the dirt. We Anything like, you want to share, we like it. The high notes too, like what's what I've been doing and stuff. But yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no, I want to hear. Notes. I want to hear all that too. I mean, I want to hear. Well, we um, you know, they make you go meet with a with a show shrink, and um, so they they just want to make sure that you're not like about to go jump off cliff or oh, something. No, really? Oh, we didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know what? If you think about it, that's really responsible and smart. Yes. Um, wow. Because, you know, there's a lot of people, I'm not one of those people, but um, there's a lot of people that that sort of, their, their end-all, be-all is the show and being on the show and, and how they perform on the show. And, that, and that's, everybody does that, not just the people in the finale. Like, every single... Every single contestant that gets eliminated um, in the lives, and maybe even in the other shows, but certainly in the lives, before they before they go back to the hotel or whatever, they like they have to just sit and talk for a minute with the with the guy. Wow! And um, and it's really smart because like there's a lot of there's a lot of young kids, exactly, uh, young, yeah. young people. I mean, I was like I was the oldest guy on the show after when we went. Um, after the playoffs, you know, so it's kind of like there's a lot of young kids that are, you know, really pent up and kind of, you know, it's super stressful. And mm-hmm. so they just want to make sure everybody's cool and, and that they, nobody's going to do anything stupid or feel, you know, that they don't feel bad about themselves or whatever. I mean, I, I, it's kind of, for me, the conversation was really easy. I actually, it was kind of a joke because I walked in and, <laughs> and sat down and said, uh, let the healing begin, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this, and uh, and he got a, a big kick out of that because I was totally fine. I mean, listen, when you're on the my season, when you're on with Jordan Smith, like I, I heard Jordan Smith sing um, early on, it was just like okay, like this is this is a once one in a million voice, and like I'm, it is what it is. Like I'm gonna go out here and just do my very best and and rock out, and um, 
Uh, and by the time you get to the finale, too, you're so tired and so I bet so beat, and so it's kind of it's not really a letdown at all. I haven't once at all felt like I failed or like I like I didn't you know I could have done better or anything. It's just yeah. it is what it is, and and honestly, with the way all of it works contractually and that kind of stuff is with the late with Universal and some of that stuff. Right. It's really sometimes maybe not even not even best um, to win outright. Uh, right. depending on depending on what you what you're capable of and what you do and in my case being right. a little older and having written so many songs and been writing songs and performing forever and having a band and um, I was already kind of in talks with William Morris my booking agency about um, coming on with them and, and getting busy and so right. I was really fortunate to, to really finish where I did because I was able to go out and immediately start working and, and play almost 100 shows um, in wow. 2016 so wow uh, yeah. yeah, make money. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because you're all, uh, at the end, in the finals, you're all on the same stage and the same people are seeing you and you make friends and you make your fans and then I feel like you can work from that momentum no matter what. Yeah, it's really, um, in fact, I was back at the, the set when I, I was in L.A. this past week um, for some gigs and I popped in. It's my first time back to visit uh, everybody and really more to go back and see producers and, and the behind the scenes people, you know, the, even the, the van drivers and the, and the people that are just, you know, that make that show work. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of like, I went back to say hi to them and, and it's really fun, man. It's, it's, you, you develop a lot of great relationships. Um, it's one of those amazing experiences that not many people have. And I, I think I told, um, I got to watch some of the auditions um, for this upcoming season, the the last taped auditions. Oh, cool! I, I spoke with um spoke with one of the kids that made it. His mom uh, came off stage, and they were so you know in that moment of right after when they Aww. the judges pick, and it's just like so it's so exhausting. And and she was like, "Is it just as amazing as?" She asked me, like, is it just as amazing as it feels? And I said, yeah. I said, yeah, but I said, I tell you what, though, um, you know, this, just so you know, though, like, the real work starts when the show ends. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I think there's a lot of people that go on The Voice that, that get that wrong or don't, don't have that in perspective um, just because there's a there's sort of a misconception that it's a golden ticket um to the promised land and to use a sports analogy um you know it's a a football sports analogy it's really a golden ticket to the to the red zone you know a golden ticket to um to sort of being close to the promised land and the rest is is up to you and the decisions you make as far as putting a team together and working hard and not sitting and waiting on the phone to ring. And yep. I was I, I, I was really fortunate that the voice happened for me at a time in my life when I've been around the block a little bit. I'm an adult and uh, and and really took the voice itself as my job while I was doing it. Like this is how I'm going to support my family. All right, I've quit my teaching job. I don't have a choice. I got these kids. I got to take care of mm-hmm. and this family. I take care of. And I took the same attitude off of the show directly out onto the road and. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Been been grinding away, kind of getting after it, and trying to uh, trying to put food on the table and diapers on babies and, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and living the dream. And, and that really what is for me has always been what the dream was was to go out and support myself and my family uh, by making music. And if if that means down the line I become some sort of superstar, then that's a byproduct of that. But um, but right now the dream is has come true and is continuing to come true. And so it's. Um, 
it's been a super a super blessing, but it has been an exhausting amount of work. Mm-hmm. It still is, and that's okay because um, all the best jobs are that way, you know. Yeah, that's really inspiring. That's awesome. So Aww. your does your wife and kids do they go come with you sometimes? Like you said, you're all going uh, you're all going to uh, Virginia for some shows or. Yeah, I wish that was the case. You know, it's um, maybe another misconception of, of, of fans of the show is that you know you come off the show and, and the voice and you're you're a celebrity in a in a different way than than mm-hmm. maybe someone like Thomas Red or, or certainly Blake or you know Brett Eldridge or any of these you know big country stars or, or stars in general. Um, and they've they've been on their own grind, you know, that didn't involve a TV show. Yeah. But that stuff, that that sort of lap of luxury stuff, is not instantaneous. And I think that may be a shock for a lot of contestants that really do as well as I did or do even better. That that's not sort of handed over to you. Um, that's really what the grind is about, you know. So it's not. That's not the case for me. I don't have a massive tour bus that I can you know, put my kids on and, of course, and take all no, over yeah. the country with me. I've got, you know, we have a bus, It's um, but we're all in it, you know, me and four other grown men and, uh, you know, sometimes a driver and a, a merch person and, you know, there's yeah. just, it doesn't make sense to drag my kids out on the road. And also for them, just uh, from a sense of normalcy, that that would be hard to manage. And no. so I do my very yeah. best to try to get home, um, you know, three or four days a week. Um, oh, sometimes it's not that much, but most mm-hmm. of the time I'm out two, three, sometimes four days a week. And then there are some times where I have a stretch of a week or two where I might be out on the road. Um, but I'm always willing to, you know, I'm willing to and, and work really hard to, to get back over here and make sure that they know, hey, dad's dad's not gone. He's just working. Right. And there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of business people and people working in all kinds of industry that, uh, that just have to travel for their job. That's just part of it. And, Oh yeah, my, my dad job. did it. So yeah, my job just happens to be, um, you know, going up on a stage and, and singing for people, and, right. and uh, it's kind of fun because it's it's interesting that it doesn't even phase them anymore. They're not even like blowing, you know. They they've been to enough shows now where even when they are at shows, it's not <laughs> that impressive to them anymore. My kids, anyway. <laughs> this is just what dad does. That's yeah. His job. Oh yeah. All right. Bye. See you after work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, tell us tell us about your. Your new album. I have to tell you, I I played Kiss Me Hello when Morgan walked in today because she was, like, frazzled because she got stuck on the train. And so she opened the door, and I was playing Kiss Me Hello. Ariel has her phone out. <laughs> She's like, listen. Well, I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you made it. No, me too. It was rough. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, we've had a lot of success, my team and I, um, I always, I always speak in those terms, and I say we, and I hope people don't think I'm talking about myself like I'm some sort of your royal highness, you know, but um, <laughs> no. I'm talking about, anytime I say we, I mean the, my team, the band, my management, yeah. and my, and my, you know, my band, yeah. and um, and Sarah, my wife, and my family, you know, it's kind of, because it's a, it really is a group effort, and in, in in the record certainly is a group effort, you know, we, we went into the studio, um, right away after the show and, and recorded Kiss Me Hello, I knew that um, I was going to want to release a single really quickly just to show people that, um, hey, I'm not going away, I'm here, you know, and I'm not, I'm going to be 
like the squeaky wheel that you don't forget, you know, but that squeaky wheel is going to just be like beautiful music and not squeaky wheel. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of what we did. We jumped in the studio right away, cut Kiss Me Hello. We released that as a single in February and, and you know, it did really great. Jumped up there into the top 10 uh, country singles on iTunes, which is super hard to do independently. Um, it's just, you know, when you're not signed to a label and you're doing it independently like I am, like I was then, like I am now, um, you know, there's there's not a massive bank uh, that's backing the project, you know, so we have to be really diligent in the moves that we make, how we promote stuff, when we release it. So we released Kiss Me Hello on Valentine's Day and, um, and got, you know, a great response out of it, and that sort of fueled us going on into the studio and taking the rest of the year while I was bouncing back and forth between the road uh, in Nashville and in Arkansas at the time where we lived, uh, we jumped in the studio and, and got, you know, some great songs um, recorded. And and the product is, uh, is A Room Full of Fighters, which is by far my most, um, uh, you know, my most complete project. I've put out a lot of little EPs and records here and there. And um, it's always, I felt like I've always sort of just been one move away from putting out the record that I'm, I really wanted to put out, and, um, and and a room full of fighters captures that, and so and it's it's created a lot of opportunity too, as far as touring is concerned, and um, sponsorships through through major brands like Coca Cola and great, and, that's um, awesome. And so now you know I'm able to get out on the road and play a lot of, of markets where I've never been before, and so it's been a great thing, and um, I, I'm the most proud of it musically um, because of the way it sounds, and 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 a lot of the songs on there are just such monster monster jams and and then also the fact that i'm a writer on on most of the record you know that's was has always been my first love was was writing music and being a songwriter Mm -hmm. and kind of um is really my backup plan you know if and when this artist thing kind of dies away and i'm always always going to be uh pushing hard to to write songs for other artists or um and get those out there into the universe so it's kind of a room full of fighters is a great step in in that direction and and it's been super well received you know it's been yeah great a great thing for uh for me and for the team to to see kind of come to fruition a lot of hard work a lot of money spent you know um and so it's kind of it's been an awesome awesome year touring on it and uh and we got some big plans for for the rest of this year and the start of next uh to push this thing on over the edge Great. Do you guys ever come to New York? Are you planning on coming to the Cité? I would love to uh, come up there for a show. I was there recently um, to do some press, um, and I spent a couple days walking walking around, kind of by myself, staring upward at <laughs> and trying not to bump into people and mm-hmm. um, getting a lot of funny looks when people heard my accent. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, you know I'm, I'm a fan of the city. And um, it's a it's a wonderful certainly a wonderful place to visit. I, I I too braved the subway system while I was there. I was like I'm I'm an educated grown man. Surely I can make this. I can happen. do this. I just follow yeah, the signs. I, I yeah. got this sweet app that kind of like yep. helped me get around. Oh and, good. Yep. Um, you know, so I went down and I checked out. I, I went over to uh, Rockwood Music Hall and checked out. Um, yeah. Over there. Rockwood's really cool. Yeah, I love that venue, and, mm-hmm. and hopefully we can get a show in there. We um we played some some uh northeast markets um near us uh, yeah we did what did we, we did new hampshire last year oh i'm from new hampshire uh, Woohoo! yeah we did um <laughs> played a brewery there um um uh not was it it's not smutty nose is it or um uh, 
Um, Red Hook. Red Hook. Yeah, we did the Portsmouth Music Festival there. We did that one. Cool. And um, yeah, so it's that's really honestly the 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 part of the country that I haven't quite tapped into yet, and it's mostly just a logistics thing because um, you know we're when you when you go that far out, um, it's the money has to be something really special to make it work. Right, um, right. Logistically, but also you want to string several shows together. So you know if we were going to play New York. The, the plan would be, you know, to sit down with my tour manager and say, and, and my booking agent and say, all right, look, we've got this date booked in New York. Now we, you know, wow. that's, that's 1,200 miles away, and there's six markets between here and there that we can play in. Let's yeah. try to book two two or three of them and play our way up there and play our way back. Like and, Philly, Boston, all the, yeah. yeah. And that's how it's done, man, and that's even how the big acts do it, you know, and Unless someone's like throwing a suitcase of money at you, you have to do it that way because the overhead is immense. It's it's really really. Um, I don't have to take you to business school here, but it's just <laughs> you want to, you always want to you always want to spend less than you uh, than you make. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So you got to be careful about that. And I think a lot of people get into trouble there because they don't they don't have their hand on that. They don't have a grasp on it. And then there again, you know, here I am, just a dude who's kind of grown and like. I, I know how much money is in the bank right now in the, in the old Grey Dog Music account, you know, the, mm-hmm. the business account, because um, I stay on top of that kind of thing, and that really makes it fun. I, in a way, I'm running a, I'm running a really small uh, record label. You know, I'm just the only artist on it. That's exactly right. what labels do. They put yep. out records and fun tours, and, um, and you know, we just do it on a, on a smaller level, but we're working our way up to, uh, to the major side of it as well. And so it's going to be a really interesting next... 12 months for me musically and work-wise as an artist because we're really in the red zone here we're going we're going we're going to do whatever we have to do to to take it uh to the next level and my goal has always been to kind of be one of the ones on the voice if not the one that that people say now that guy did it you know? yes he came off yes. the voice yes yes yeah. and you sound like you work so hard and Marielle and I uh we're actors so we you know have a a grind too and and we get it and we have these kind of conversations a lot and it's like it's nice to talk about this and remember like you're working towards something but you're also already doing it at the same time you know yeah totally and you have to be that way you have to remind yourself of that and recognize what it is I mean sometimes I feel like it's um you know the dominoes fall into place and the and the way is sort of just lit up by a higher power or nature or whatever anyone believes in, you know, mm-hmm. it's sometimes it just falls into place and the dominoes fall and it's obvious that you're doing the right thing. And, and then sometimes it's a grind, it's a struggle. And, and I feel, and there's a really cool book called the war of art. Yes. Um, I love that book, which is like sort of explains it. Well, it's like sometimes when you're moving in the right direction, it, it feels like you're walking in mud or, and it feels like you're, it's a struggle, but um, that just means you're moving in the right direction. Or, and the truth is, it, it should be hard because the reward is so great. You know, it's yeah. and we're talking about um, a great gig that so many people dream of. And um, even the tough days uh, and, the, and the days where there's not a lot of money coming in, and it's a little stressful and there's lots of things to worry about. And you're not touring in a big bus. You're just riding around the country in an, an old RV or whatever it is that you're in. You know, it's, it's still more than what, what most people get to do. And, uh, and so you have to remind yourself of that. And I'm sure it's the same as being an actor. And, and, and so it's kind of, um, 
it's something I have to remind myself of too, because I get I get down on it. It's like it's you know I, there are there are peaks and valleys, and uh, and we are uh, right now we're in a we're in a great place, working hard mm-hmm. towards uh, the sort of the next chapter of um, of my career and and how that plays out, and it's going to involve some some really really fantastic music one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. I have a question about writing. How does like writing a song come to you? Most of the time, it starts with a title, a song title. Hmm. Cool. I, I, I tell this analogy to high school students whenever they ask me questions like this or whenever I'm speaking to high school students. Um, sometimes I, people hire me to come you know, talk to their art students or whatever, and they ask me similar, similar questions. But I so, say, you know, if you were going on a trip, um, and it would be a whole, it, it's always a whole lot easier if you pick where you're going first and then, mm. and then once you know, Hey, you know, we're going to Woodstock, mm. we're leaving New York city and we're going to Woodstock. Well, there's a lot of different ways to get there, right? Sometimes there's like a direct drive straight there way. Sometimes there's like a take the scenic route way. Sometimes there's like a kind of mysterious way that no one's ever heard before, but you make it there anyway, kind of way. Yeah. Um, and that's what, that's kind of how the writing process works for me, especially I have a massive list of song titles, not songs, hmm. just possible titles in my phone. So I'll be walking down the street and see something or hear somebody say something that'll trigger some sort of thought in my head. And I'll think, wow, that's a good title. And I just put it in my phone. And then when I'm, uh, when I'm sitting down normally with in a co-write here in Nashville, we do a lot of co-writing. So there's a lot of, you know, multiple people in a room, sometimes, uh, you know, all two, three, sometimes four people, and uh, and people start throwing out titles or ideas, or um, and then you know that just creates a, a environment of creativity where people can start flushing out an idea. So if we know what what we're writing towards, writing towards the hook. Um, today I wrote a song um, called what was it called? It was my title. It was called A Child Grown Older, and. Um, and so I came into the session today and they said, Hey, you got any good titles? And I was like, what about a child grown older? And, uh, and they were like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Let's write to that. And so we sort of knew where we were going. Now it's like, all right, what do we want to say? What does that mean? And what do we want to say to get there? Wow. And, um, and that's kind of how it worked today. And then there's other times too, where it's just a melody. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where the voice notes really come in handy on, on your iPhone. You know, you, mm-hmm. I jump on there a lot and, um, I'll be, I'm sure I look like a fool walking down the street and in my car, I'll just whip out my phone and sing gibberish, you know, right. it's complete gibberish, but it's just a, <laughs> you know, just me singing some sort of melody that's really hooky or sounds, sounds cool. And, um, and then write, you know, then go to the title list and pick a title and maybe try to write to that mm. title using that melody. So there's a bunch of ways that it happens, but, um, and it all always eventually involves a guitar, um, but initially, a lot of times it's just, you know, a title or, or kind of a gibberish melody that works out. And in fact, I was, I was, I have my own podcast that I do sometimes, and um, and I talk about that sometimes about how about the writing process. And one of the things I'm going to do real soon is is get my friend Dustin Christensen, who I sang "Walking in Memphis" with, um, on the Voice, mm-hmm. to come on as a guest <gasps> on the show. He's a, he's an amazing songwriter. He's got a couple hits right now um, with other artists in the country oh. world and uh and and we've written several songs together the song what the hell on on the record is one that we wrote together um and so 
I've got all those work tapes from the room. Wow. And that day we wrote that song, you know, there's probably five or six where we're singing gibberish at first. And then, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, like a five minute one where we finally get on the actual melody that ended up on the record and, and talk and talk through those work tapes. Uh, here's where we came up with this idea, you know, and work it out. It's really, it's, you know, since the show Nashville came on television, people were really interested in the whole process of how um, yeah. songwriters write songs. And it's awfully fun. It's, uh, it's yeah. the best gig ever. What is the name of your podcast? It's called The Ride. Oh, cool. I love podcasts, so. I'm not very good at it. I'm working on it. It's we're a, working on it, too. <laughs> yeah, we're working on ours, too, so don't worry. <laughs> we'll, support, we'll support each other yeah. along the way. <laughs> Go to the top. Exactly. Right? The podcast world. We're the next Gimlet Media. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you start a podcast label and we'll just come right on it. There you go. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work. I know. I know. We got a lot of other work to do. I was like, ooh, that sounds awful. Just, just <laughs> add it to your to everything yes. else that you're doing. We're not busy enough. We're not busy enough. Right. Do you ever hear from Blake? I saw, um, I, got to, I got a chance to visit with him last week. Um, or a few days ago, matter of fact, in, in Los Angeles, I was on the set and, and talked to him. Um, and I see him occasionally here in Nashville if if we're at the same award show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always a it's always a gracious, yeah, quick handshake, and it's not and it's got nothing to do with uh, whether or not Blake likes me or not. And you know, it's it's got everything to do with just how how famous Blake is. Um, and he's and and when you're super famous. Yeah, that means you're super busy, and, right? Um, and there's a million people around you, somewhere right. to go, and everybody wants a second to visit with you, and, right? Uh, and you just don't have that much time, and so um, I, I haven't had a whole lot of chances to really visit with him since the show ended, like on a personal, interpersonal level, you know, where we kind of talked, but yeah. Um, but then again, you know, when we're working on the show, you don't really have that much time to do that either. You know, it's it's a it's a very, very uh, efficient process that the, the producers have come up with on The Voice. And, um, and so the time is maximized and it's spent working on the performance. And yeah. um, so, you know, Blake and I became friends on The, on the Voice and we still are. Um, and I know that there will come a day when, when he and I maybe get to do that. And, that's, and, I'm, and I look forward to that because because I know what kind of person he is. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you know, uh, people tweet me a lot of times like, oh, why hasn't, you know, it's always in, I'm sh- I always do this in a country voice, like a super country voice, but like, <laughs> why hasn't Blake helped you? <laughs> <laughs> Blake needs to help you. You know, it's like, well, Blake did help me. You know, I don't, yeah. there's, there's, there's only so much an artist, one artist can do for another artist. And that's the thing people don't understand. It's like, there, Blake also works for someone else, and his name is Mr. Warner, you know, the guy that owns, right. you know, Warner Brothers Records here in Nashville. Like, there are people that are, like, higher up than he is that do that make the deals happen, you know, and so it's not like Blake has a magic record deal wand that he can wave over people that he likes and, yes. and give them success. What Blake did do for me was introduce me to Rob Beckham over at, uh, at, at William Morris, um, and that has since turned into uh, really the the mainstay of how I keep the lights on at my house. You know, they, they kept me super busy last year and, and have had me very busy this year as well, um, working out on the road. So, 
if, if there was ever a gift anybody could give me, it, it would be that. And, um, and I say this all, all the time too, Blake Shelton and the voice in general, the, the show itself, um, they don't owe me anything. You know, they, they, they did what they do. They, they took me, told my story, told it well, coached me up and, uh, and, and sent me on my way. And the rest is kind of up to me. And, uh, and I've made, I feel like I've made really the most out of that opportunity and, and I'm still making the most out of it. And so I, I believe there's a lot, probably a lot of contestants that, that maybe get a little jaded towards the show because it does kind of feel at times, you know, when you, when you get off show, it's like you're just gone and forgotten all of a sudden. But, um, but the truth of the matter is, is the show and, and the coaches, they don't owe us anything beyond what we do right there on the show. And, um, and that's, and that's fine. I think that's the way it should be. Um, because I, I certainly, I feel like when I get where I'm going, um, the voice will be a part of that story, but it won't be the sole reason why I got there. And, yeah. um, and I think that's the way it should be. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and I always, I'm super gracious for that opportunity and what it was and, and all, and all of those things. But, um, but it's, there's a whole lot of work that has to be done after the show's over, and, and I'm in the midst of doing it, and it's a uh, and it's a it's a hell of a ride. It's a whole lot of fun doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think the viewers they forget that it it is also a TV show, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know they they have these preconceived notions of like, well, the coaches should be doing this, and and well, why isn't this happening and stuff? And it's like, well, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know. It, they're they're making a TV show, but it's also like the reason we love The Voice. <laughs> we're like like <laughs> we were just like two years ago actually. It was like probably right around your season, but we were like yeah. we need to do a podcast on this. Like we because we were the only ones that were like we love this show. We always watch. We always talk. It's about so positive it. and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, and uh, it's just interesting to see artists work. And uh, so. So then, two years later, we decided to do this podcast. But, um, <laughs> but. yeah, that's, you're, you're right about that. I mean, I, I think um, it's easy for people to, to forget that part of it. That it's that first things first. It's a television show. Yeah, it's a television show that has a musical component. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of the that's the thing. And, and that that became really clear to me uh, early. Um, yeah, and I, I think that helped me when I recognized like. These guys are trying to make good TV, good mm-hmm. visual television that people connect with. They're, they're, the producers of The Voice are storytellers, and they're telling people stories. And that's that starts at the very beginning in the casting process. Right, you know, it's, right. It's, they're, they're casting you, and they ask you to tell your life story to some casting agent. And, um, and the more detail that's there, the better, and the more interesting it is, the better. And things like being a high school teacher uh, with two young kids, that, that's really interesting, you know, and that's a, that's a great story to tell. Being, some, being in a plane crash is, a, is something that's very off the wall and interesting. And, right. and you'll notice yeah. that with every single contestant, you know, they've got some sort of interesting life story that yes. sometimes and often involves struggle and uh, overcoming and, um, you know, overcoming odds to, to be in this position. And that's, uh, I, I knew that right away. I recognized that right away. And so, uh, and that was good because it, it, it helped me see, all right, everything that, everything that's happening, you know, as far as what we're taping, what we're doing, what the questions I'm being asked, 
it's all about creating a, a great product because at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's not on public access. It's on it's on NBC. Right. Mm-hmm. They're a for-profit corporation that's trying to make money, and the way that they make money is they sell advertising. And so, you know, the more the more eyeballs they get, the higher they can charge for a commercial. And yep. I get that. And uh, and that's why the, the the TV show part it has to be riveting and it has to be awesome. And um, and it just so happens that um, they're really good at finding people with great stories who also have immense talent and ability and those things together are, uh, are really potent for, for great television. And you have to cry at least five times per episode. Mm-hmm. Easily. Yeah, that's the, that's the <laughs> minimum. <laughs> Which we do as audience members. <laughs> They're good at it. They, they, they found good. their formula. How, you know, how many seasons in are we? Oh, 12, 13, I, don't know. I can't get 100. I mean, there's so many. Well, yeah, it's just, it's just... They know what they're doing. <laughs> well, Barrett, I mean, I just have to say, this has been such an inspiring conversation, uh, you know, as artists listening to you um, talk about how you work and and where, you know, where you uh, have been and, and where you're going. It's it's really inspiring, and so I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for your time, because I know you don't have a lot of it, mm-hmm. and it really <laughs> it really means a lot to us um, to be able to, to talk to you. And, and uh, you know, we do love the show, but I, I always, I think it's just so cool to, to hear, you know, hear, like, artists talk about their work. So mm-hmm. we thank you for that. My pleasure. It's been it's been a lot of fun. You guys are great, and uh, I look forward to meeting you in person sometime soon. That would yeah. be great. Yeah, when, we'd love to go to a show. Oh, give us a holler. I awesome. I need to get to Nashville. <laughs> what? Where can people find you on BarrettBaber.com? That's right. BarrettBaber.com is the official website, and uh, and then also you know all over the socials. Um, myspace.com slash <laughs> friendster keeping it real slash yeah friendster no um, all the good spots man check me out on uh, on on insty at Barrett Baber and Twitter Insta. at Barrett Baber and then Facebook is is really um it's where I crush it <laughs> oh really alright <laughs> yeah people do uh, like I, that's where I have the most followers I think it's probably just cause like that's just a demographic thing you know but, <laughs> Whatever. I post on all of it, so you can follow me anywhere, and I'm all over the place. So you know, wherever your listeners are, if they're listening to it and they see um, they see me coming to town, come on out to the show. And you know, like it's been a it's been a heck of a year, and that's it, involved a lot of shows where there's been hundreds of hundreds and sometimes thousands of people at, at the gig, wow. and then sometimes there's fifty people there, and they get rocked just as hard. And that's, yes. Uh, that's those those shows right there are the ones that really get me off. I'm like, yeah. yes, like these 50 people showed up, and they're probably expecting me to go out here and lay an egg because only 50 <laughs> people are here. But like, I'm gonna, I swear to God, like my, I get so jazzed up. I'm like, I swear to God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make these people, I'm gonna give them this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them the gift. Hopefully that one day they can look at their friends and be like, I saw that guy play, and there was like. 30 people in the room oh. and it was like rock and roll and he rocked just as hard as he's rocking right now on Saturday Night Live or whatever it is you know I'm doing so that's uh, I love those so no matter what come to the show so yes without the fans that's and, great and, and the shows the live show is super high energy and super fun and it's one of my most favorite things to do is to get up on a stage and 
and turn it loose. That's awesome. Oh, well, we can't wait for you to come to New York. Yes, please. East Coast. We'll bring all of our friends. (laughs) Sweet. All right, Barrett. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet, guys. Take it easy. You too. Bye.